1: Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, Ms. Adrian Gang. Hello. Hey. What is going on? How are you? What's going on with you today? And where are you? I don't even know where you are in the world. <laughs>
0: Well, that makes two of us most of the time. Um, Currently, I am in Tampa. Um, My husband and I just bought a house like North Tampa in a place called Odessa. So I'm actually home for the first time in a while, which is really nice.
1: That is nice. What are you getting ready to go on another charter or what have you been up to?
0: Um, I just finished six and a half weeks almost. Well, it was in total about an eight week trip because I had to leave for provision and all that good stuff. Um, but that was about eight weeks. So I just got off of that last week. So it's really nice to be able to be home for a hot minute before I go on my next trip back to the Bahamas. I'll tell you what, I was really concerned last year uh, when we did the first lot, like the big lockdown, that my industry was going to completely change and that people were going to stop traveling as much just because of the restrictions and everything else. Turns out the opposite is true. I've been gone almost eight months this year on trips. It's insane how busy I have been. And I freelance as a chef, so I only do trips when guests are on board. So I don't like sit at the shipyard while work is getting done or anything like that, but it's been mental. I mean, it's it's almost an ideal way to vacation now because you're isolated on the boat. You don't have to worry about mingling with people at a resort if you don't want to. You you have a chef on board, so you don't have to worry about going out to eat if you don't want to. So the isolation is kind of perfect for what's happening in the world right now. So is, it's been wild.
1: Is that how it works? Like the charter guests come on and then they can get off, but the crew doesn't?
0: Well, I mean, the crew can get off. Sometimes I have to get off to go to the grocery store or to go up to the dock office or whatever. But for the most part, they've made it pretty effortless for us to just kind of stay self-contained. And for the first couple months, that's exactly what happened things are starting to open up now in the Bahamas. I was just there for about eight weeks and you have to test for COVID before you go there so that they even let you in. And then once you get there, you have to test five days later just to make sure you haven't like gotten it in the process of getting there. And then once that happens, everybody's pretty cool about it. So you still wear masks to go into grocery stores and to go into indoor spaces. But for the most part, it's it's pretty casual now down in the Bahamas, which is awesome. Wow.
1: So. so Below Deck, season one, 2013. There you were, Chief Stew. <laughs> how, before we get into all the current stuff we need to talk about, what, how did you get involved with this show way back when? Because like, you know, it wasn't a thing. It was the first season ever. Like, how did you hear about this? How'd you get involved? Tell me everything.
0: So I actually got involved with the project four years before my season even aired. Um, One of the the creators of the show, Rebecca Taylor Henning, um, was on vacation with her husband, who's also in the industry. Um, They were on vacation down in St. Martin and they ran into a girlfriend of mine who was out celebrating with her crew after a charter, as we have seen. And approached my friend and said, you know, I have this idea to do this reality show about yachting. I used to work on yachts when I was younger. What do you think? And my girlfriend said, I think it's a great idea. I want nothing to do with it. Call my friend Adrian. So from that point to the point where we actually started filming, it was about two and a half, almost three years. And then it took them a year and a half to edit my show. So we actually filmed in 2011. And then it was released in the summer of 2013. So it was a very crazy, emotional roller coaster for that entire time. I was helping the production team, um, kind of strategize about how how they would do things. And then the moment that I signed the contract to become a crew, met, like a cast member, I stepped off of the production team and started focusing on actually being on the show. So up until the very last. Couple weeks right before we started filming, I wasn't entirely sure that I was going to do the show, to be honest with you. I was considering staying in the background and helping with logistics and production because that I really enjoyed. And I wasn't sure how much I was actually going to enjoy the filming process. <laughs> um, as it turns out, I was right. Uh, probably should have stayed behind the scenes. But um, Rebecca came to me right before we started filming and she said, Look, Adrian, I can't tell you who. They they have in mind to cast if you don't agree to do the show, but the best form of control that you're going to have over how this comes out looking is to be there yourself. And that's ultimately what sold me on doing the show. So it was not because I wanted to be a TV star, not because I wanted to really make any friends, to be honest with you. I was just, I mean, part of it was altruistic, but part of it was... I genuinely didn't want my industry and like the first representations that my friends and family saw of my career for the last eight years to just be a drunken monkey show on television. That's really all it was.
1: Did they tell you, I mean, who was it that they were going to cast if it wasn't you?
0: I never found that out. Um, it wasn't the girl who ended up replacing me. It was somebody else. So it, so it wasn't
1: Kate Chastain?
0: No. No, it wasn't. It was somebody else. Because at that point, the show, the, the buzz around the show wasn't big enough for many people to have known about it. So I really don't know who it would have been. Because at that point, they weren't doing like, Facebook blitzes to try to do casting like they do now. Now, it's obviously much more acceptable than it was then um they were reaching out to people individually they were going through Instagram accounts and they were looking at people who were in the industry and just reaching out to them directly so I I still to this day don't know who it would have been but I did it. so there's that
1: were you a fan of reality tv before this or like not at all or did you watch anything
0: um I had watched a lot of the chef shows, like, uh, obviously, I'm a chef. So those had always interested me, I had never watched any of the housewives shows. It's just not my thing. Um, I, I would have to say I watched a couple of like the fixer upper shows, but it's not I'm not a huge reality TV person. So I didn't, I probably should have done more homework, especially on the Bravo network to see what their mo is or like their formula is because then I would have had a little bit of a better clue about what this was going to turn into. But at the same time, they told us, or they told me in all of our conversations that we had, that Bravo was trying to get away from the housewives platform. And they wanted to focus more on luxury travel and interesting food and interesting people with higher wealth, you know? And so it, to me, it didn't sound like it was going to be housewives on a boat. You know, I was, I was really worried because we pitched the show to E, Bravo, MTV, and VH1. And I can honestly tell you that if VH1 or MTV have gotten it, I would have run as far and as fast the opposite direction as possible. Because then it would have just been Jersey Shore on a boat. And I wanted nothing to do with that. So.
1: Yes. I think it could have been that. When did you realize, like, did, or did you realize during the filming process, like, okay, as so you say, this might be Housewives on a Boat. Like, this might be some drama that we're going to edit in here. Or could you not tell it all through the filming process?
0: Um, I I started to clue in once we started doing the one-on-one interviews. Um, for what it's worth, they told me before the season even started that I was going to be the bitch everybody loved to hate. Like, that was my part of the formula. I don't know what they told everybody else or if they even told everybody else because I had the opportunity more than the rest of my cast to ask a lot of questions because I was in some of those production meetings prior to filming. So I was curious, and I asked a lot of questions and they ended up telling me, you know, we, in your role as the boss of the interior of these other girls, you're going to be the bitch everybody loves to hate. And- they kind of intimated to me that that's not a bad thing because the bitch always comes back. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I'm not coming on the show to make a ton of friends. I genuinely want to make the job look good. Turns out the rest of them had a different idea. So there's that.
1: What was, what about Captain Lee? What was it like working with Captain Lee?
0: Our relationship was contentious from the beginning. I was the first person that he met uh that had anything to do with production so I was already in South Florida the boat was in South Florida they finally I was helping them um choose a boat for filming and initially it was supposed to be much smaller of a yacht and then they realized that that wasn't enough room for the cast crew and the film crew so they had to step it up to something bigger and that's how we ended up with Captain Lee on that boat and he was pissed that he had to do it at all his boss told him, the owner of the yacht that he worked on, said, If you don't do this, if you don't do this filming, then I'll find a captain that will. And he was mad about it. And he couldn't take it out on Bravo. And he couldn't take it out on the production team. And he couldn't take it out on the charter guest. So he took it out on me. Because I was the first person that you met. The production company called me and said, Okay, we've nailed down this boat. We need you to go to the boat. We're gonna give you a small budget. The entire interior of the boat is extremely bland. It was all like khaki and cream and it's gonna be terrible on camera. So we need you to like go buy throw pillows and blankets and stuff to spruce it up. So I had to show up on the boat, do a walkthrough and then go to Marshall's and buy a couple hundred dollars worth of pillows. And it was, he was not very nice about it. He had my resume printed out sitting on his desk when I showed up, and he basically proceeded to tell me that I was not qualified enough for the job of Chief stew on the boat, which I knew, by the way, because I was a chef, and that I had no business being there, and our relationship didn't really ever improve beyond that, because I knew he wanted me to fail. I knew that he wasn't interested in the project at all. He just wanted to get it over with. He was mad that he had to be there, and he didn't want the show to succeed because he just thought it was bullshit so it's whatever
1: well the show did succeed I mean (laughs) how do you think they I mean he's back season two and here we are he's still there like how do you think that happened from not wanting to be there in the beginning
0: I think he saw what it did for his ego and he loved it He drives around in a drop-top convertible now with the license plate Captain Lee on it so that everybody knows that it's him. So do I think that he's adjusted? Yes, I think he has.
1: You think he likes the attention?
0: Love. Like is an understatement. Love.
1: Well, what about you? Because you didn't come back for season two, et cetera. You know, and there's so much chatter. So we have Kate Chastain that came in like, you're here, I might as well hear it directly from you, because you read so much crap out there. Like, why are you not back for season two, et cetera.
0: Um, I think it was a couple things. I think they wanted somebody that was much more of a mean girl than I would ever be. Like, they tried to, on multiple occasions, encourage me to be like a housewife, to Berate and belittle and bully, and that's just not my personality. There was a couple of things that I did on on the show that were disingenuous to me as a human to begin with, but I semi understood the causation behind it. Like, if I have an issue with somebody, it's generally not my tendency to go to somebody else like Ben and complain. But because we were on film, and because it was very clear that I was walking around frustrated about something production would come to me and say, please go talk to Ben about why you're mad at Cat because nobody understands it. If you're just walking around pissed off all the time, it doesn't make any sense to the audience. So things like that, that were generally against the nature of how I do things in real life, I acquiesced to because I understood the value in explaining myself to somebody outside of my own head, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I was never going to go out of my way to bully anybody you know, my entire frustration with my season was trying, like, the constant battle was trying to get those girls to do their job instead of just fuck right off, which is what they did all of the time. And I think they thought they were there to be social, not so much to do a job. And to explain it slightly further, Sam didn't know what her job was. Nobody explained to her that she was going to be doing laundry and beds and heads all day long, every day. And despite the fact that Kat knew what her job was, I think she thought she could get away with more. And they knew that we couldn't fire anybody. Season one, there was no, and here's your plane pick at home. Like it didn't, it, it wasn't, it was a veiled threat basically and everybody knew that so they could just run amok with no real consequences because there wasn't really anybody on backup like they have now
1: yeah because so, there's no other show really that you know in the middle there you go and it's a revolving door you know yeah you don't come back the next year but to your point yeah there's no show where you really up until this that I can think of where you lose your you lose your contract right in the middle so to speak
0: right right and i think it's my season were to happen now I think Sam and CJ would have gotten canned right away for drinking on charter which is the number one thing that Lee told them not to do at the very beginning of the season like there were several things that I think would have led up to either Sam or Kat getting canned at some point during my season but because they knew that they could get away with just about anything the only thing that was close to that was when Kat, when Kat Uh, took too much of her anxiety medication, which we found out was a lie later. Um, And even that I thought was handled well by Lee, you know, he gave me accolades for taking her off of service. As soon as I realized something was wrong, I wasn't actually up with the guests when all that stuff was happening. I was downstairs helping Sam do all the flipping for beds and heads um it was Ben that came to me and told me that that situation was happening so I didn't witness any of the back and forth conversation or anything like that prior to that I just pulled her off the service and I said okay you stay down here go to sleep obviously something's going on with you and I'll take care of the rest of the evening and that's what we did but she sure as shit didn't get fired for taking too many anxiety medications and drinking at the same time so
1: no she didn't so you're not coming back. Was it, you think, Bravo production? Like, do you think Captain Lee had a huge part? Like, who do you, who do you really think was the
0: main? No, I don't think it, Lee had anything to do with it. I don't think he has any pull whatsoever over casting. That's, that's the one part of his job that he has no control over. Um, and obviously who the charter guests are. So that's all Bravo too. I think it was a combination of things. I think they realized that I wasn't willing to be a puppet like my replacement was. Um, I think they realized that they wanted to have that person that was the much more snarky, bitchy, you know, person on the cast and that was never going to be me. So I, was I bummed? Yes. Was I a little bit bitter about it for a while? Yeah, I was because I thought that me being on the show, would it have turned out to be what it is? I don't, I don't think so, you know, but in retrospect, is it a better thing for me as a human? Yes. Because I got to move on with my life and I'm happy about that.
1: Yeah. Like, do you ever picture like, what if you were still there all these years later?
0: I mean, I've thought about it, but not to the extent that it 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 does anything bad for me. You know what I mean? Like I look at it now, I'm I'm grateful that I got to see somebody like Francesca be on the show because I think she did a pretty good job. I'm excited to see what the next season brings of, you know, OG below deck. But I'm proud of the fact that I put a lot of hard work into it from the beginning. And I now follow it as a fan with a little bit more knowledge than everybody else does which is what makes it fun for me. Cause I know a lot of the stuff inherently that's going on in the background that a lot of other people don't have the experience to know about. So it's fun. Now I watch it as a fan, like everybody else.
1: I mean, that makes a lot of sense. What about, did you know, Kate Chastain? Like, I know, I mean, like when she was the one who replaced you, how did you feel about that? I mean, you were gone, like you've moved on now, but like right away, you know, you're replaced with somebody. So that, it just is what it is. But how'd you specifically feel about her?
0: After watching the first couple of episodes and then obviously meeting her during filming, I was pretty disappointed that that's what they wanted. It made me feel better as a human to know that that's what they were looking for and that that wasn't me because I would hate to be that person in real life. You know what I mean? But like, that's inherently who she is. And that's, She's always wanted to be a housewife. Like she's had the grand dream in her mind to be that for a very long time. Good honor if She did it. But I'm grateful that if that's what they wanted, that it wasn't me. If that makes right.
1: sense. Yeah, it does. It's like when, like I talk to a lot of actresses and they're like, well, I didn't get the part, but then I, there's a huge movie. I see who got the part. They're like, we're not even remotely similar. I get it. So I guess Right, if they replaced you with a carbon copy of you, that would be a whole different story.
0: That would have been, yeah, that would have been hurtful. But seeing what they ended up with after me, I'm good. I'm good.
1: Well, Kate got what she wanted. I mean, she has Bravo chat room now, although she stepped away from that. She's a producer on it. I mean, I don't know if that show is coming back, but nothing like that ever. You know, you never go there of like, you know, I mean, again, I don't know the money she makes, like you never went there of like, I could have made a certain amount of money or have like a show on Bravo and like not been on this, like going on these charters or nothing like that. And I don't mean any disrespect. I just always like to get into people's heads.
0: No, I mean, it, it, it has done amazing things for my career in actual yachting, because I'm still in yachting. And I, have had an amazing networking ability because of the show. And because I represented myself well, I have the respect of a lot of people in my industry. And that's massive, that's, that's a big thing for me. And I think that without that show element, I wouldn't have been put in touch with or become connected with all of these amazing people in the yachting industry people that I absolutely adore and love and I it's just because of that that it was a catalyst for me ending up where I am being a respected member of my community being a part of a lot of different things doing a lot of different charity functions and and some really amazing projects that without the show being a part of my story would not have happened and so I'm grateful for that um still yachting still doing it to this day still busy as ever it's It's been an amazing ride. Uh, Again, Below Deck is a small part of my professional story, but it's been, it's had a huge impact and I'm grateful for that.
1: What about the opposite? Like, do you see people who are on Below Deck, like either, you know, on the exterior or interior where like they don't represent themselves well, they get sent home. Like, does that carry over, you know, in real life? Like, have you ever gotten like a resume of someone like underneath you or like other, you know, out in general, where they're like, I'm not hiring this person because I've seen them during one season of Below Deck.
0: Perfect example of that is Kat from my season. Um, She contacted me after she filmed season two and she couldn't get a job because everybody saw her behavior and no one would hire her. And so she contacted me. I'm sure I was her very last leg of hope. In uh, getting employed, and I hired her to work on a 130-foot boat that I was running, and we actually spent an entire summer together up north, where she's from, um, tripping around doing Martha's Vineyard and all that fun stuff. And then at the very end of the summer, we got into an argument about select size paper towels. I'm not even kidding you. And she walked off the boat and we never spoke again after that it was it was pretty messy and it was right at the tail end of the season she could have hung on for another handful of days the boss happened to be on board when it happened like and she's just a hot mess and she didn't return to yachting after that maybe she did another couple of trips but she completely left yachting very shortly after that because she just didn't didn't do herself any favors on the show
1: interesting what about like how are like do you know captain sandy captain glenn like do you ever run into them and like how are all three captains if you know like respected in the industry like what do people in the real industry feel about these three
0: um there's a lot of people in the yachting industry that don't have a lot of love for lee um he has done that to himself um through, there's a couple of people that really do love him because he does some of their charity events. And I understand exactly why, because it's a big draw, but there's many more people in the yachting industry that are not fans of his. And he has created that own situation for himself. Sandy, on the other hand, has always been an advocate. She's gone to Washington DC to do like lobbying and legislation on behalf of the yachting industry. Somebody told me last week that just in the state of Florida alone, the yachting industry created $1.9 billion worth of income for the state of Florida, just for the business that we do in Florida. It's insane how much money the yachting industry, especially in Florida, makes. And um, so we have a lot of lobbying power and a lot of uh, legislation power there. So I know Sandy's gone to DC to lobby for different things for the yachting industry. Uh, Glenn is just an amazing guy and I haven't heard a single bad word about him ever I've chatted with him um he I, we've never met in person unfortunately because he's still in Europe but he's just a damn decent dude and I love him he's he's just he's a good one
1: I mean he seems like a really nice guy what about why has Captain Lee like will you say like he's done it to himself and like people what is it like what is it about him that people have negative thoughts about in the yachting industry
0: i think it's ego i think i think it's pretty ego driven that's most of the things most of the feedback that i get i mean i don't i don't have anything to do with him anymore i don't i haven't spoken to him or seen him in a very long time and i'm grateful for that uh but i think it's ego driven on some level but that's I mean, I've talked to a lot of people about it. Obviously, especially when I'm at industry events, it's all anybody wants to talk about. So,
1: I would imagine I could see that. What about? It sounds like you think Francesca is really good at her job. What about Hannah Ferrier?
0: I love Hannah. I think Hannah's amazing. I'm going to miss her on this new season, but I'm also extremely grateful that she is happy, and we've had it a bunch of times. Like. She's in a really good place. She's obviously enjoying the new baby, and all of that stuff is really amazing for her. I'm glad that she has moved on. I'm looking forward to seeing what Katie, the new chief stew, does, and I'm excited for the fans to move on. You know, I think if Hannah was destitute and lonely and depressed, then I could understand why people would still be so hateful about this situation. But she's in an amazing place and she's super happy. And I think that that gives the rest of us the permission to move on. I have a friend that's on the new cast. And so I have been a really big advocate for people just giving this new cast a chance. You know, it's funny, um, James from Below Deck Above Average put up a post yesterday and it was about the new cast and he said an interview with She Who Shall Not Be Named. And he was obviously talking about the captain. And I just laughed because I'm like, that's the perfect way to do this. Like, I am now going to be launching a recap podcast. Um, very excited about that. And we plan to just not talk about the two cast members that we're not fans of.
1: Okay, there's so much to unpack, your podcast (laughs) in particular. Okay. So you watch as a fan. I get that. So were you, well, one question when you you're working in the real yachting industry now, this is just my own lack of knowledge. Do you work as chief stew or you're working as a chef?
0: Chef. I've always been a chef. I was a chief stew one time for six weeks on television.
1: I mean, that's what I thought. I just wanted to clarify that in case anyone. So before we get to everything you just said, who do you feel was the best chef to come through Below Deck, Below Deck Med, Below Deck Sailing Yacht. We have a lot of- So
0: who would I want to work with all the time? Pico. Who do I think skill-wise was the best chef? Ben, hands down.
1: And what about, I know, you know, well, there was a lot last season about how Rachel's the best thing that's ever existed in the entire world. And like, no one's food ever will compare and no chef should ever even try. And Rachel, 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 Rachel- How do we feel about that?
0: I still think Ben's the best chef that we've seen on the show. Skill-wise, I still think Ben is the best.
1: Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, but bringing... You guys, five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo liberties to bring you new creative content every day. That causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even gonna get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turned to better help. I love better help because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist anything else you would like to add about Rachel? No. Okay. We, we, we can leave it at that. I mean, I don't think you're (laughs) a fan of hers per se, just based on things I've read in the past.
0: I have a background with Rachel that is not great. And so as opposed to going out of my way to say bad things, I'm just not going to say anything at all.
1: That's fair enough. Who do you think like just from the past few seasons before we get into your podcast and this season and everything like, is there one or two people, not just chefs that you feel are way overrated and then way underrated? Like anyone, just like interior, exterior, senior, I think, junior.
0: I, you know what? I think that Jenna was underrated. I think that her entire storyline arced around Adam. And I think that that sucks because I think she was actually pretty decent at her job. I feel like she got shafted on that whole thing. I, because I know her, and I know that she's a good human. And I feel like it just was not a good season for her. Maybe if there was different cast with her, she would have been different. Maybe if Adam wasn't with her, it would have been different. But I feel like her entire storyline was centered around her relationship with Adam. And I wish that it would have been different for her. And I'm certain that she wishes that too. So as far as underrated, I think Jenna, um, as far as overrated. Hmm. I think Kate was overrated. I, I say that professionally because I don't think she would with her shenanigans and bullshit, she would never work on a yacht. I don't think that, I think it's good TV and I understand why, but, 90% of that shit that she pulled would never fly with guests. Like we had enough of our own internal drama below deck on my season, like with the crew, but that never translated to a guest experience. We never one time had a guest complain that one of us looked unhappy or was not treating them with any kind of friendly demeanor. Never, not one time did we have a guest complain. They didn't have any idea what was going on with our cast until they saw the show air. And to me, despite the fact that we had our own internal conflicts, that means that we, to me, we were successful at our job. Because we maintained a level of decorum with the guests that made them feel like everything was perfect. And that's what we wanted. And I cannot say that for my replacement. I, I feel like the way that she demeaned people, the way that she chastised people, the way that she even made the guests uncomfortable would never really fly on a professional yacht.
1: And that makes sense for all the money people are paying. Like they don't care. Take your drama elsewhere. Like this is not our problem.
0: It's not our trip. It's not our vacation. It's about them. And so you do as little as possible to deter them from having a good time. And I feel like she made utterly no efforts to do that. Yeah, she made some pretty tablescapes. And she did some fun theme parties, because they had a budget for that. And I didn't. But at the end of the day, when you've got guests complaining that you look like you have a wretched, you know, resting bitch face, that's not what I want to wake up to with my cappuccino in the morning. You know, and that's not how you're supposed to do it when you do work on both.
1: If you ran in, and then we are going to talk about this season or last season too, if you ran into Kate right now, when this podcast was over, what would you say? You came face to face with her in the local Starbucks.
0: Nothing. I don't, I don't have anything to say. I mean, I don't, I don't wish her any ill will. I'm, I've had plenty of, you know, vitriol sent in my direction from her, but I don't care enough. About her to go out of my way to say anything. I just,
1: I don't. The wait is over. That's right. A season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back comes Yeah,
0: wife. I mean, it's not worth it. It's not worth the energy. And that's not the kind of energy that I want in my life, to be honest with you.
1: I think that's good. Why? She sent like vitriol through social media, like that type of stuff towards you?
0: Oh, all kinds of shit throughout the years, especially when um, her friend, the female chef was on the last season. It started to heat up a little bit and I just ignored it because it's not worth it. It's not worth putting that out in the universe come back at me it's just
1: not yeah like right I mean people have issues with social media like it's so easy just either delete the comment or don't read it or read it and just laugh and move on I mean I I know it's easier said than done but that is truly the way there's no other way it will eat away at you as a human being I totally agree
0: totally and now you understand why Bravo didn't bring me back (laughs) because I'm not going to do that kind of shit
1: Yes. I talk to people that are on the shows now and people like, you know, especially housewives, it's all the housewives. It's the same story. Every time I talked to a housewife that lasted one season, I'm like, okay, so what you're saying, let's just boil it all down. You thought you were bringing your real life onto the show. Like I get it. A reality show. You thought you're supposed to be real. And if you're mad at someone, you're mad. And if you're not mad, you're not mad. And you just lived your real life. I'm like, yes, Witty, they don't want your real life. No,
0: no. No, and I don't. I don't have the capacity to be, to be that disingenuous for that long of a period of time. Like, do I think that that's really who she is? Absolutely, I. I have no doubt. But that is the kind of personality that they look for. Not somebody like me who tries to stay away from drama.
1: Well, speaking of drama, and you mentioned Sandy and those two that we don't speak of. So last season on Ned, we saw the whole world watched. I mean, I talked to Sandy. I talked to Malia. We saw what happened. Malia reported Hannah. Hannah left the boat. So tell me before we get into this current season and those that we shall not mention because Sandy and Malia are back. And I know you have lots of thoughts on, you know, everyone saying that they're going to not watch the show. So, like, what did you think of last season with this whole drugs on I board think, Malia situation?
0: I think a lot of things happened uh, that played into the general frustration outlet that was the end of last season. Everyone was stuck in their homes. Nobody could go anywhere and do anything. There was a election pending here in the United States. So that was polarizing the entire country. I think there was a collective feeling of anger and angst and just general frustration that needed an outlet. And I think if that season had aired at any other time in U.S. history, with the exception of last year, that the reaction probably would have been much more dulled. I think the fact that everybody was stuck in their houses and the only thing they could do was watch stuff like that really made it amplified. And I guess my perspective on it is that if it was airing now, at the beginning of a summer when everybody's allowed to go back out and do things and interact with people that it probably would not be as much of an outrage that as angry as I was because I was about the way that that whole thing went down with Hannah I don't think that it would have been all anybody was talking about and I feel like people are attaching the tail end of what happened on that show to all of the negativity that happened right before the election and during the middle of lockdown down and coronavirus ruining everything I feel like our attachment to it is so much stronger because that was such a real thing if everybody had other things in their lives that they were distracted by like going to Christmas parties with their coworkers and getting out and doing things in life then it wouldn't have been so caustic I don't think That doesn't mean it wasn't egregious and that doesn't mean it didn't piss me off, but I think it would have been much more dulled by distractions than it was, if that makes sense.
1: That makes sense. I think in general, a lot of shows and people like a lot of, I think the social media nonsense was really heightened during COVID on just for lots of shows and lots
0: of. In general, because how else are you interacting with people?
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, I found myself like not, I don't spoo hate online, but just more into like Instagram. And I'm like, I'm living in a phone. Like, this is no way to live people. Like, so even now that the world is kind of open or opening, you know, I I've noticed a difference. Like, I think people are online less. I do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's going to play into this next season of below deck med coming out too. Like I said, now that things are open and people are allowed to go outside and not have to wear masks, everywhere you go at least in the state of Florida anyway um you know I think that it's going to change the viewership quite substantially at least for the nights that it airs and while while things are really happening in life I think people are going to DVR it a lot more and all that kind of stuff so I think viewership numbers will change anyway but I think a lot of people are thinking that if they just don't watch the show at all that, that will send the message to Bravo that they don't want they who shall not be named on the show anymore. And that's actually the wrong tack to take. What really should happen if people are that incensed about those two individuals being invited back onto the show is to not mention them at all. Don't say you hate them. Don't say you love them. Just don't mention them at all because Bravo tracks social media. They pay attention. Attention to everything that has a hashtag below deck meds with it they pay attention to all of those posts and when they saw the exponential climb in social media posts last season about those who shall not be named it only gave them more fuel for the fire because even if it's controversial they still think that it's valuable stuff so if we just don't talk about them at all and that's kind of my plan with the podcast unless it's something so blaringly obvious that we absolutely must discuss it. My plan is to just not talk about them at all. And that's going to be my plan to make a point.
1: Okay. Hold that thought for a second. Are you shocked that Malia is back? I know you don't talk about her, but I'll mention her name just so everyone are you shocked no, or because of I, what you just said, like all the social media and that climbed and it got her kind of there. Like, You're saying, I mean, the people kind of got her here.
0: Right. And and I very do, very much do believe that. I think two things happened. They casted the show for the season that's going to start airing before the last season finished airing. So none of the kids that are brand new on this cast had any idea how that season ended. So their season ended in... That season ended airing in November, I think, November, December, and they started filming in September. So there was no way that the kids, people are like, well, they just didn't have to go on the show then if they knew that Sandy and Malia were going to be there. And that's not possible. First of all, they're not told who the other cast members are before they arrive. And second to that, they had no idea what was going to happen with Hannah before they got there. So, even if they personally objected to it, I, they wouldn't have known about it until much later because it had already, it hadn't finished airing yet. So, it's not entirely fair to blame the new cast for showing up for a once in a lifetime opportunity and turning it down because of the two returning cast members. Like, that's just nonsensical. If you think about it from the perspective of a 24 year old kid who has the opportunity to be on television for the first time and maybe the only time in their whole lives, are they going to turn it down even even if they knew what the outcome of Hannah's season was? Yeah, Doesn't make no,
1: sense. no. And it's not, I agree, it's not fair to hold them to that. And right, so when they filmed, they filmed with Malia and Sandy not knowing any of this and knowing Sandy probably from the TV and Malia only a little bit because we haven't seen Malia for years before this. Right, right. Have you heard from people? Well, first of all, who do you know in the new cast? You said you knew someone.
0: I do. Well, I know of a lot of people, but Z, the deckhand, who is by far one of the most lovable cast members that I believe we've ever seen, right in line with Colin on Sailing Yacht and Colin on Below Deck Met. And I think that you're going to see that very clearly from the get go. He's just a giant teddy bear and totally lovable and funny. And he's, he's like, like the Collins. He's, he's the next Collins. I the think. Collins are fan
1: favorites that I can tell you.
0: Yeah. And I think that Bravo is starting to realize too, that they need that character now they've seen how successful um the first Colin was and then Colin 2.0 with Sailing Yacht I think they see how much fans attach to that and they've started to incorporate those type of cast members more into their shows because it is I feel like people are really tired of negativity and I think that having the focus be on a new group of really goofy, fun people, like Katie, I know lots of people that know her in the industry. And she's funny, and she's goofy. And I think that we're going to see a totally different, a lot more like Daisy, I think, who's just kind of like goofy and doesn't take herself too seriously all the time and isn't there to make everybody feel bad about themselves. You know, And I'm excited about that. And I'm not saying that Hannah did that. I think, I think Hannah did a really great job. And I've always loved watching her. And I know from people that, well, I've talked to her personally. But other people who've stayed in touch with her after filming with her, like Tiffany, on her first season, uh, Hannah's first season of Blow Deck Med, they had a little bit of a back and forth for a while. But they're like best friends now. And Tiffany's due to have her first baby in July. And, you know, she's been talking back and forth with Hannah about parenting advice. And I mean, they're super close. And Tiffany has always said how much she loves Hannah. And even when you see that they had a little bit of back and forth on their seasons, where their relationship is now, that says a lot to me about who Hannah is, you know?
1: And what about, like, is there this chatter amongst, like, the new cast? Because I haven't seen so... I mean, that... I know online people are outraged, right? So that's what they're outraged about, Sandy and Malia being back, which to me, there was no question that Sandy was coming back. Like, I don't know. Despite everything and all of social media, I don't know. I think Bravo does like, to your point, what they want. They don't, they're not going to, you know, they, well, they want Especially
0: when every tweet, every other tweet about the show is about the two of us. Like, why are they, why are they going to kill a golden goose off of the show if it's the most traffic that they've had ever in the history of any of their shows. I mean, genuinely think about it from a ratings perspective. So fans that are so outraged that they're returning need to look internally and realize that it was their doing for for being as vocal as they were about those two. And if we want to stop that from happening again, dead silence about the two of them is the way to make the point
1: i i see your point on that what and that is what people are saying online like that they are not going to watch i mean that's what they're saying i don't really do you think that will really happen i mean they're saying that about the bachelor with chris harrison and the bachelorette and i mean i don't think that's necessarily happening
0: i think that there will be a lot of people that will not watch so i had this conversation with um my co-host for the podcast, who's a huge Bravo fan in general, but a big fan of the Housewives. And she said that when, I want to say it was um, Vanderpump, Lisa Vanderpump was taken off of the cast for whichever Housewives show she was Beverly on. Was it? Okay, that one. That the viewership dropped by like half a million because people were so angry that she was taken off of the show and their, their viewership did plummet. So do I think that there will be a dip? Yes. Do I think that there will be a dip naturally because it's summer and people have their kids and they don't have the same normal schedule as they they normally do? And we can actually go do shit this summer? Yes. I think that it will take a hit just because of that. Consider the fact that summer shows almost never get the level of viewership that fall and spring shows do because of the school routine, right? So that was upended last year because of the lockdowns and covid so this show itself this particular part of the franchise got more viewership than it's ever gotten because people didn't have other options for things to do in entertainment
1: which is unusual for covid because most shows went down all the housewives went down i even think below deck not med went down a little yeah which i I don't understand why every show is down during covid that makes no sense to me but the fact that this was up is a big thing
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's it's, again, I think it's going to take a couple of hits for a couple of different reasons, but I feel like it doesn't make sense to me to punish the new cast members that should deserve the opportunity to prove themselves because of those two, you know, and I would love to see fan engagement go a much more positive direction instead of just trashing those two because it's easy to do, trust me to focus more on the new cast and letting them prove themselves to us because I, I I'm genuinely excited about this group more than I have been I I didn't expect to be wowed by this season of Below Deck Sailing Yacht just because the last the first season of it was pretty underwhelming I think I'm excited about this cast I'm genuinely we have a Disney princess on there which I think is awesome like All kinds of things about this show, I think, are going to be really great elements. I just, it bums me out that it comes on the tails of what happened last time. Again, Hannah has moved on. I think the rest of us have permission to move on. And let's all collectively turn this into a positive experience and watch a new cast that doesn't necessarily have to be tainted by what's already there. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, it's not fair. It's their moment. And like, are the new cast, I mean, the one you know or anyone else, like, have you heard anything like where they're upset? Like, not that they're on the show, but they're like, oh, I never would have done this if I knew it was like Malia and Sandy. Mind you, that's easy to say now that you've already done it. You know, like, I do think everyone still would have done it if they knew. Because how could you pass this off if this really is... Forget about being on TV and like your followers and being an influencer. Like, yeah, it could get you jobs in the industry. It helps if you go and present yourself well.
0: Totally. And I, I don't think any of them would have stepped away from it. No, it doesn't make sense to me that they would. And even from the conversations that I've had, I don't think it would have changed much of anything because I believe it will be interesting to see what this captain does without Hannah as a foil. It'll be interesting to see now that there isn't an arch nemesis what that looks like. I think it'll be a totally different ball game. I don't know. At the end of the day, I don't think that Sandy is a terrible human. Um, I think she does and says some really dumb shit. And I wish that she would not do that because it makes it harder to root for her at all. I, on the other hand, don't feel the same way about the bosun. I I know her personally and have worked with her and I don't have any respect for her. And I, I understand why people feel the way that they do, but that doesn't mean that it should translate to the entire rest of the cast that hasn't even been given a chance yet.
1: How many charters have you been on with her, the bosun who you don't want
0: to mention? (laughs) Uh, I did a two week charter with her. So it was a freelance gig for me and it was very last minute and it was right as, the promos for her show were dropping. So it was right as everybody was finding out that she was on the show. And it, it was a testament to what a self-absorbed ladder climber she was.
1: I mean, it's like yeah. the same theme, what I'm hearing between what you're saying, Captain Lee, Kate, and now Malia. Like they all love this. Like you saw a change in Malia, like when these promos were coming out, like she loves the fame.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, especially when, look, I don't see that being a problem when you're a housewife. I feel like it's a problem when you run a job, when you are in a leadership role that requires teamwork. I feel like it's a completely different story, you know? And I, I, yes, I think that Sandy did some, made some poor judgment calls. I don't see her doing it out of malice the same way that I've seen others do it. And so I think that, and yes, she plays favorites, which, which I also disagree with, but again, I don't, I don't think she intentionally goes out of her way to be hurtful or to harm other people for the benefit of herself. I have seen others do it, you know, and I think that that's the difference that I'm not saying that I'm going to cheerlead for her. I, I can't bring myself to do that necessarily. I'm just going to let it play out and see what happens.
1: Do you think, two things. Do you think, to your point, Malia, in reporting these, reporting Hannah, do you think that was like general concern and like you broke maritime law, according to Sandy and Malia? Or do you think it was like, holy shit, this is my moment. This could be something. I, the-
0: the latter I think she's just an opportunistic bitch like I I yeah no there's no other way to put that I think it was an opportunity and she thought and she did it and it sucks and it sucks for Hannah and it sucks for the viewers that were attached to Hannah I don't know that Hannah would have come back after that season anyway I think she was pretty much done with it anyhow but to have a career like hers with a show like this ended that way was it was dramatic and it was very much in a reality TV, you know, vein. But I feel like she probably would have preferred a more graceful exit than that. And I don't blame her.
1: That makes sense. And if you think about it, like if this moment didn't happen, and I mean, that changed the whole show. I mean, we would have had a whole different show last season. I mean, do you even think Malia would be back?
0: Yeah. Yes, because casting happened before the show finished airing, so yes, True. and that was before all the outrage, so yes, I think they I think they were still trying to run on the platform of female empowerment and full you know female leadership on the boat and all the rest of that happy horseshit, which obviously very clearly backfired on them, but yes,
1: and they want continuity, like we've seen that they want like they don't want below deck sailing yacht where we have a whole new they want like okay, Kate was there. It could either be interior or exterior, but they want one person. It's That's just the model that's now existed since Kate did that on... They want that. Either Boson yeah. leads whoever it is they want. So, I mean, I think to your point, yeah, she would have been. She would have been. I see. I think all your theories make a lot of sense to me. I mean, I really hope this new cast gets the respect that they deserve and gives them a chance. What about... When, yes, because Sandy is going to be different. Like, do you think once we're here at the end of the season, let's weeks and weeks and weeks, do you think this whole season Sandy and or Malia in the public's eyes could redeem themselves?
0: I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about the season to know what that's going to look like. Here's my hope. I don't think that they can do the Pete edit to these two. Although I, I guarantee you they are wishing right now that they could. Um, I think that Bravo might try to do some kind of a redemption arc, but I think that they're going to minimize those two and really hone in on the new cast. I think that they're going to play to their strengths here and really focus on the new cast and allows that to be the focal point instead of this bullshit women's empowerment nonsense that they were running on before, because clearly, again, that didn't work. Um, I think that there they have really no choice. Bravo really has no choice with the exception of probably some of the promotional material and obvious parts of the filming where they do the tip meetings. And so the captain has to be there and the bosun has to be, you know, or the, the, pre-trip planning where the bosun has to be there and the chief stew has to be there and the captain has to be there i think with the exception of those moments where it's clutch that all those people are in the same room together i think we're going to see a lot less of those two and i think that's intentional because there's an obvious guttural reaction to the fact that they were even brought back in the first place i just i don't think a lot of people understand the timeline of how that went down last year Yeah,
1: and it's always like that. It's always like the next season is either cast and or filmed, but pretty much before, I mean, as the one is airing. So it's always...
0: It's just the way that timing works out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is unfortunate because I feel like there has been cast members that, especially towards the end of their season, really started to garner a lot of favoritism that weren't brought back because Bravo didn't know it until after the season had fully aired you know yeah like an Alex
1: Radcliffe he's he's kind of a fan favorite people I mean I've Alex is like I don't know when I've had like the nicest guy like there's no edge there's no jockeying for fame I'm sure he he enjoys his position and the public eye and I'm sure it helps him with girls and lots of other things but he doesn't have an agenda like people like that you know it's pure
0: no and he's he fits into that column with the Collins and Z, who I yeah. think is going to be another one of those. Like, Alice is very much one of those people. And when you said underrated cast members, I, I genuinely should have thought of him because he is very much one of those people who I think was totally underrated, who definitely could have been brought back as a fan favorite and should have. And yeah. um, hopefully if we start to if the fan base starts to promote the positive parts about the people that they see and the attributes that they want to return, that that will change the tide on this pun intended, you know, that it will, that will shift things from that just vitriol and outrage. And, you know, again, every single time one of their two names pops up in a tweet that populates on a, on a computer screen for Bravo and they cheer openly. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of shit that they want. And I feel like if we go the opposite direction with it, it's going to change the way that these shows are put together. And I would be happy for that.
1: What about you? Is that why you decided to start your, tell me why you decided to start your podcast now. Is it because of this or just in general?
0: Um, I feel like I've been watching the show enough to be able to have a commentary and the way that this whole thing went down with the podcast was kind of a natural progression. I had done a couple of interviews with my co hosts through another podcast situation and we started a friendship out of that and we have built this amazing communication where basically every Tuesday we call and bullshit with each other on the phone about episodes because we don't find that the podcast that exists right now really align with the way that we see and hear things and the way that we feel about things. And neither one of us are big into making fun of people or kicking them when they're down. I feel like a lot of the other podcasts do that kind of thing where it's almost like third degree bullying, you know, it's like after the fact, but, but that's not how I want to operate. And that's not what, how she feels either. And so this kind of came out of a beautiful friendship that we've developed and us laughing at our own conversations and being like, you know what, maybe we should do this. And the opportunity presented itself. And so this whole thing just kind of came about really organically. And one of the things about Jen, so Jen is also from Ohio, uh, like I am. So go Buckeyes. Um, and so we have a lot of the same philosophies and a lot of Midwestern philosophies about how you treat people and how to go about things. And I think that that's really where this started. And on top of that, she basically has an elephant brain for like every thing that has happened on every single episode of this show. She's been watching it wow. since my season and she's a super fan. And so our conversations naturally... Are really interesting she reminds me of things I forget about and then she asks me questions like industry questions like why do they drop the anchor that way I don't understand because I don't work on boats and that's not my job yeah and so I have the opportunity to explain to her and by way of explaining to her explain to the fan base why we do what we do and how we do it because I don't I feel like in the first season or two they tried to go through some of those things, but now they just expect everybody to know everything all the time. And that's not necessarily fair.
1: Sense, like if she has an elephant brain, and can remember everything that's ever happened, which I wish I had one of those. I, I don't. I mean, and you worked in the industry and were on the show. I mean, it's kind of like a home run. And I do agree with you. I mean, that's why I don't do a recap podcast because I feel, yes, almost every recap podcast out there I don't know. It's like people are, it's, I find them not natural. I find most of the people are snarky and bitchy and it's like, you're trying too hard to be fabulous and funny. And like, unless you're a comedian, like there's one or two podcasts that are run by comedians. I don't find any of that interesting. Personally. I find it like too thirsty trying to like make your mark and have like a witty I think the same thing about online social bullying. Everyone has a comment and you're just, comments are ridiculous. Like they're so mean. You're just trying for like a moment of like brilliant. And it's not, yeah, it's all, it just all fails. I, I find. So I think you're right. Like, I don't think those recap podcasts that are trying to be snarky or bitchy or fun and everything is criticized. So like what, I mean, I don't know. Like, why are you sitting around for an hour talking about how awful things are? It's not brilliant. It's It's not like a brilliant analysis, like, wow, I saw something I never saw. I mean, that's just me. I mean, I have no time for most of them.
0: Well, and same. I think, you know, both of us realized that I think those hour-long podcasts really become tedious after a while. And so we have made it a point to make ours really brief. Ours is going to focus on maybe the top three or four interesting things that happen in the um in the episodes and to be honest with you some of them are themes some of them are one thing like we've already been practicing with the show that's going on right now and like talking about the crash and how the boat crash happened and what that looked like and was there anything that we could have done to prevent it kind of thing and like going through because that was such a big thing leading up through this season that we knew about and then a handful of other things like the interwoven relationships that we see playing out and how Things are starting to kind of funnel down to the end of this show. So we've already started practicing to kind of like get into a groove. And so when we start this next season with Below Deck Med, I think we'll have our formula pretty well down. But being able to add in her super fan knowledge, my industry knowledge, and then make it pretty concise. And like I said, not focusing on kicking people when they're down, we're still going to judge people for their words and actions because that's what it's there for, but not making fun of people for things they cannot change, you know, physical appearance or any of that kind of shit. Cause I can't, I can't stand that stuff. I don't, It's so insane.
1: I like, it's literally, I mean, I usually respond to all haters. People don't really, I mean, lots of people hate me, but it's mostly on my guests. They will literally say things about, you know, they hate the guests, but they'll comment on physical. And I will literally respond. Like, is that a nice thing to say? That's literally, I will copy and paste that. I'm like, is like in what world are you sitting there and it goes to criticizing this person's looks that you've never in your life met nor will and me probably
0: never will yeah right
1: now I just you know I mean they're on TV but that I mean it's the looks thing is very strange to me too like out of nowhere well it's
0: and and making fun of somebody's sexuality or making right. you know what I mean there's a lot of elements to that that are unchangeable characteristics about people that I feel like it's really not that's not a part of the reason why you're supposed to be watching the show is to judge them outside of that particular situation. And I feel like the Bugsy hate. I didn't understand the Bugsy hate about her hair ties and her, you know, costumery or attire or whatever. Like, I never really understood it. If that's her and that's how she feels that she wants to look, then leave her the fuck alone. Just scroll on. Like, you have the ability to do that. Just move on if you have a problem with it. I don't see the point in chastising her for it. Let her, leave her alone. You know, I was going
1: to say, like, I love, see, I love authentic people. I don't care if you're vile. I don't care what you, I don't care, whatever you are, just be it. And I have a high threshold for all different types of like insanity. I mean, I'm a Gemini also, that helps. But like, as long as you're, it's when you're not being authentic and you are into the fame or you're trying, or you say one thing and I'm like, I don't believe you. Like you love, listen, admit that you love the fame, admit it. I'm okay with that. Like just, it's right. when you, try to act like oh like honey you love it so just admit it and yeah. like play into it so yeah, Bugsy to me I mean I've chatted with her on here is very authentically her yeah so,
0: and I and I can appreciate that about her I don't I don't have any ill will towards Bugsy I, I you know I don't know all the back and forth that happened with her and Hannah but I don't harbor any any ill will there um I'm glad that they got somebody else to be the chief stew because i feel like there was probably just going to be too much baggage attached to that and like talk about a trifecta of taking the show down if people were angry about the other two and then if they brought Bugsy back to thinking that you know she had something to do with that colt like it, it would have just been much more of a mess it would have been too much but yeah our recap show is going to be brief it's going to be informational Um, I there's a lot of shows that I feel like go through every single scene of the show. We don't need to recreate it. You have already watched it. And honestly, for the people that are not going to be watching the season because they're still angry about the people that were brought back, hopefully our show will give you enough information that you feel like you're caught up until you can binge it later or jump into it at some other point. You know, I'm hopeful that we can at least supplement a little bit of that. So if you're not going to watch the show, at the very least, check out our podcast. The other thing we're going to be doing is taking uh, fan questions too. So at least once an episode, we'll answer a fan question. So. People will
1: like that. Well, three things before we four things before we wrap up. One, I will come on and do a recap with you any day you want, since I Yay! don't do recaps here. I do like to I have opinions and. To being a chef, what is your, like, what's your favorite food and what food do you think is overrated? I asked Chef Natasha Deborg when she was here recently. Just curious.
0: What's my favorite food to, um, just to, to cook eat. for people? No, oh. just you yourself. I really want to dig it in a little bit, I'll say eggs, because I'm pretty sure that wasn't hers. Um, <laughs> um, just because of the diversity with which you can use them um and what's my least favorite was that the other part of the question
1: or like what food do you think is overrated like you know at one point kale 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 and like you know we see these food trends do you think there's any food that's like overrated now
0: I think caviar has always been overrated that's my honest opinion I think caviar has always been overrated you're killing me caviar I love caviar I I just don't like it I just don't like it. I It doesn't jive with my taste buds. I perfectly respect the fact that you like it. I do it all the time on the boat, but I just think it's overrated for the price. I, anyway. That
1: and chicken parm pizza. So it's not like I'm a bougie girl. Like I love caviar, but I also love like a good chicken parm like pizza. It's so good. I mm. have
0: never had a chicken parm <sighs> pizza, but I'm going to seek it out now.
1: You need to come to New York. It's just literally how it sounds. It's like chicken parm on a pizza. It's so good. Like strips. Ugh.
0: Are you, where are you in New York? Chelsea. Okay. I used to live in Brooklyn. So I was directly across the street from Grimaldi's Pizza. That was the view out of my, my apartment window. So I, There's I one know in good Chelsea pizza. now too.
1: There's one in Chelsea.
0: Ooh, it's awesome. good.
1: What about, have you ever had like, who is the most famous or some famous people that you've had on a charter or have you, um, had well, any?
0: I had, I had Ramona on my, on the boat that I was working on this summer. It was right after she finished filming whatever season they're on season 158. I don't know. I don't know what season they're on.
1: way to bury the lead. Okay. Back, back (laughs) up now for
0: five seconds.
1: Okay. So Ramona was on your charter with who? Like, tell me about this and how was Um, she? Let's be honest here.
0: Uh, my, was minimal because I wasn't serving um anything I came up to check on their meal uh, at one point it was just a day trip it was just out of out of New York but um yeah she I came out to check on their meal and ask if everything was okay and I honestly didn't even know that she was there because I didn't see them when they got on or anything like that and she at one point asked me, like, I asked everybody how their meal was and checked on everybody. And then she said, yeah, I'll take a Diet Coke. And I was like, okay, I'll get the stewardess for that. because That's not my job. I'll have one of them handle it. Like, I don't need you to snap at me and tell me to get you a Diet Coke. It's okay.
1: I think if she snapped at you and asked you for a Diet Coke, that was probably better than I would have expected her to
0: treat you. Yeah. She actually posted a couple of photos of my ice sculpture. Um maybe maybe it was in her stories or something like that. But I we did a party where I had a I had an ice sculpture brought in and I did a huge seafood uh spread and she actually posted some of those photos on her Instagram, which was interesting.
1: Did anyone so, come in with like an order that was so complicated? Because kind of- if someone came to the kitchen with a very complicated order, I'm sure it was hers.
0: No, actually, the menu was already done. The owners already decided what the menu was going to be for the evening. So she didn't even get any input. It was already taken care of before she got there. So
1: did anyone on the crew fangirl over her like, oh, my God, it's Ramona from Housewives or
0: most of the crew wasn't from the US and they didn't give a shit. They didn't even know who she was. It took me a minute when I walked out and saw her. I looked right at her and she looked directly at me and I'm not sure if it clicked right away but she figured it out later who I was. So it wasn't I mean look, I don't give a shit if she knows who I am but it was just interesting. It was just an interesting little random thing that happened. So when it you is t- what it is.
1: when you told her you, you would get the stewardess she took that as the answer and moved
0: on. She didn't give you attitude back. I- and, and to my knowledge, she was actually very nice to the girls that worked on the boat too. So I don't think that that was a big issue. But yeah, at least that's what I was told. She she wasn't terrible to anybody. She didn't run screaming or rip her clothes off or anything crazy like that. So
1: Point for Ramona. Maybe she's learning something over the years. Anything you want to leave us with before we go? I mean, I want, you know, let's tell everyone where they can follow you and where they can find your podcast and everything.
0: Um, I am at Adrienne Gang, my name on Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, all of those things. I've started popping in on the Below Deck uh, Clubhouse, which is on Tuesday nights at six o'clock, I think. And that's a lot of fun. So I definitely recommend that everybody check that out. Um, I am going to be doing a Instagram takeover on the below deck above average, um, uh, Instagram account. So that'll be a lot of fun. James is amazing. And I'm super excited to do that. I've never done one before. So I apologize in advance if I screw it up.
1: We um, love and James, our podcast
0: yes. is now, love James James. Is great. and, um, I'm doing a series of interviews with Cheat Sheet with Gina Ragusa. She's awesome as well. And then I'm doing something with Monsters and Critics here pretty shortly. Uh, And then our podcast is Gangplank Report that will be coming out probably on Wednesdays after the show airs. So we might have an episode that comes out before Below Deck Med does, which I'm super excited about. But yeah. It'll be, it'll be a weekly podcast, probably about 20 minutes, plus a couple bonus interviews. Looking forward to getting you on there, David, so that you can give us some of your opinions too. I think that'll be a lot of fun.
1: And you'll come back like, you know, like as the season progresses and we'll see if you feel the same. And we'll talk about all the new people too.
0: 100%. I would love to do that. I'm really looking forward to this. I think, I think we're in for a really good, um, really good season. I feel like our, I just hope people watch the show. I think it'll be good.
1: I'm excited. Everyone needs to follow you. This has been really fun. You'll keep in touch. You'll text me. I'll text you, but you know, thank you for doing this and below deck guys, watch it, check out her podcast and keep in touch. Love you much, Adrian.
0: Absolutely. Take it easy, honey. Thank you.
1: See you later. Bye.